Hey everybody, it's Aaron with Hunt Hard Talk Free, and on this episode I've got our very own Greg Johnson and Rod Schramm. For those of you that don't know, Rod was a co-owner of Corlane Sporting Goods for, let's say, 30 years or so. Yeah. Been yeah. doing this your whole life, and uh, retired and sold your portion of the business to Greg, who took over the custom gun shop. Retired, retarded, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> the jury's out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they had a bit of a death-defying experience back in April. So I think people would like to hear what happened, what went down. Tell us your story. Yeah. Why did that happen? Well, why'd that happen? <clears throat> well, you can't say that we planned on it. Um, <laughs> definitely not something we figured at all would happen. I can tell you it's not as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had been, all winter long, you, you had been going out to Williston Lake. To do some ice fishing, snowmobile, and just getting outside. Yeah. So Rented some cabins. Just, yeah. For a bit of history, we've been up there for seven or eight years, probably three or four times every winter. Um, so not really our first rodeo up there. Uh, and we've been up there later than that, too, when the ice has been gone and we've walked up there. You know, it's, it's pretty obvious when the ice goes, it goes quickly. But uh, this year, we've been up there, I think, four times. Four times throughout the whole winter. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Kind of within a course of a month. Yeah. Each weekend go up for a, just a day, yeah. sometimes go up for a day trip. Sometimes we spent overnight uh, when we brought the family up there. Yeah. There's cabins you can rent up there. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we've got some nice lake trout up there. So when the weather's good, we've, we load up and get up the lake. Yeah. On your birthday, yeah. what size fish did you catch? Well, yeah, I, it, we got, I think it would probably, you know, Without a scale estimation, <laughs> like a solid 20. So in the picture, you're holding it way out here, of course. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, we caught, oh, we caught quite a few fish that day. It was good fishing and mm -hmm. everything. And, I, you know, just decent action, not one after the other or anything. But, yeah, the first fish I caught in the morning was pushing 20 pounds. Nice. Just a nice fish. And then <clears throat> Rod caught a couple. Colbus even caught one. Nice. Jigging Alina standard old jig hook there just yapping the whole day on the ice and he actually caught a fish which is surprising so <clears throat> sorry i got a bug in my throat april 16th you guys went out same as usual left town at five in the morning four in the morning headed out to williston lake that day was a 18 degree day 17 degree degree day in dawson <clears throat> turned yeah. out that way yeah 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 it was so, only about two above when we hit the water yeah i don't think it froze that night but it was cool but when we got to the ice, we got on the ice, Greg got the axe out and checked it right away. And it was solid. It was good. It, it was, it's a foot to 18 inches thick, depending on where you go on the, on the, on the lake. Yeah. And the ice was solid. You know, it was, it was. It was looking good. Like when you chop it, I got no water coming through it. Like on my first chop. Right. Chop, chop, yeah. Chop. I got sick of chopping. Come out in ice chips, not yep. in cubes. Gran granular, yeah. rotten. Good yeah. enough. You know, probably better ice than sometimes we've been out there already right you yep. know because yeah. the ice is it go it comes and goes like quick yeah yeah and we went up the lake fished on the way up uh went to the otter tail which is some what 40 miles up there yeah, probably it's 40 um, one way it's 47 48 case so we're fishing yeah. about 50 kilometers up yeah. the lake so we you know we fished all the way up there drilled a bunch of holes checked ice in various spots everything was good but coming back, it was around 
And because it got warm that day in town here in Dawson, I heard it was like 18, plus 18 Celsius. Yep. <clears throat> so we came into one bay and um, the bay is kind of unique in that it's got a bunch of cliffs, uh, south facing cliffs. So if you can imagine the sun passing by all day, shining off those, like deflecting off those cliffs, making that ice, you know, the a lot of radiant heat. Like a lot of radiant heat coming off the sun and, uh, you know, warm weather. It just, yeah, it just softened up that ice and things got different in a big hurry. Yeah. And like we were fishing within a mile of, within about a mile of where we ended up having an issue. We were one, two, we stopped and drilled holes just outside the Schuler. Yeah, we weren't far. We weren't far and we'd, cause yeah, I had, I'd went for, oh, I just walked up a hill or whatever. Rod was sitting fishing on the ice. We drilled two holes. I got sick of fishing. So I went for a hike up there, looked around, looking for bear sign and just different things. That was, cause it was nice out. The hills were starting to, uh, kind of not even green up, but they were getting close. Yeah. Just went for a look around, went for about an hour long hike, summited, looked over everything, come down and you were still fishing. And that hole was solid ice, a little bit chunky when you're drilling it. Cause we had the ion ice auger, like yep. the electric one and it drilled easier than yeah, it was not hard. Ice. It was not hard ice, which not, wasn't really surprising. We've been on that ice before. It's not solid ice. Like you're used to it. Right. You know, you can Middle tell winter. it's a bit soft, but yeah. End of season ice. End of season. Yeah. yeah so, and the, and yeah. the worst place that I chopped through for ice, I chopped six inches down before I got any water coming through the ice, you know, cause that candling it, it's through the ice. Right. So, I mean, we're sitting on six inches of what of looks ice. like solid ice. And then underneath the other six inches or eight inches was fractured and yep. the water was moving through it. But I mean, Christ, it's about the norm that a one on a lake at any time of the year. And that's about what it looks like. Right. Right. But yeah, we were coming back. We hit this, we hit this one bay. Greg is in front of me and up a little bit to my right. <clears throat> and, um, cruising along and he slows down <laughs> and his back end falls through. And immediately I think, Oh my God, he's hit a, there's methane holes in that ice, in that lake. you got to watch for them. Yeah. Okay, so there's methane gas bubbling up. <laughs> yeah, so there's, yeah, there's there's methane holes in that ice, in that lake. you got to keep an eye out for them. We've almost gone into them before, but we've never actually hit one. And can you see them? But, yeah, you can see it. Okay. It's, lots of times you're like this, though. You're just looking around, doing yeah. your thing, and then you look Ooh. down and you just, there's a four-foot wide open, whoop. Yeah. But they're usually kind of solid water around them. Like if you get close to them walking, they're usually built kind of like a little volcano. No. Okay. So they're and fairly I would, I would normally not really be all that worried about them because you just skip you, right you, over top you, of you them. You pin it. You just get away from them. Yeah. And it's, it, again, the ice is solid. You just, I've gone over lots of open water oh. with my sled. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Not uncommon. So, anyway, yeah. Open water. Greg fell through. So it's just like the, the track well, of your machine the, dropped the, down. Yeah, the so I'm, fell through. I'm sifting along and I'm just looking around like a tourist, right? So we're coming into a bay, which we were in earlier that day. Not, you know, we crossed a pretty good, um, you know, pressure ridge. 
Yep. At the the next uh, the end of the bay, there was a pretty good pressure ridge there that was that was busted up and a little bit open, but we crossed probably six or eight of them on the way up. Yep. They're common. Yep. Every there's so on a big yeah. body of water, you yeah. get those. So anyway, I'm pulling shifts. into this bay, and just like Rod was saying, like the color phase of the ice changed. It was kind of more blackish, like there was water on top of it, kind yep. of look, and then come off the white. And I was just looking around, looking at the hill. The sun was at her back, shining right up there. So I'm looking, looking for elk and stuff like that, just being a tourist. And when that, the back of my sled just punched down and then my runner boards kind of hooked into the ice and I just pretty much whoop, pitched off of that thing and got away from my sled because yep. I thought it was going down. down. I didn't have time to pin like nothing. It kind of caught me like this yep. and I just off the sled. And when I hit and, the and you ice, never fell through. Did when you? I hit the ice, I didn't fall through, and I'm just like, because same thing. I don't know what the frick. Yeah. I just know that it just went and planted. And my running boards are stuck in. My skis are stuck in. So, yeah. and I had this new box I just made out of three quarter plywood and a bunch of stuff. So it was a nice box. I could put all my gear in. And my dog sits in it, and uh, that was kind of hung up in the ice. It just cut a perfect trough right out. Your track width. Yep. So I'm standing there like fish, you know, out like of a water. fish out of water. Yeah. Holy, you know, and then rods up a hundred yards or whatever behind me and he's coming. And again, he's whatever he's assessing in his brain, what's going on. And I'm thinking this ain't so good. I'm looking at him and he comes sifting by still on step pretty good. And he sees where I'm at. And then that's when I think, could you see my back end drop? Oh, when you went by me, it was open. It was open. It water. was open. Okay. So, when he come by me and then I seen the open water, when you, when you made a big turn out to go back to whatever better ice maybe existed. Like, yeah. yeah. Cause you were thinking like to pop the skimmer. Yeah. Well, I was, I I'm went just by. waiting for a drive by where I could just yeah. grab on. I don't care if I'm getting drug out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, it's fine. Yeah. I head to shore. I'm, I'm sinking and I knew I couldn't stop with my skimmer on. And anyway, I'm heading to shore sinking. That wasn't working. Went back up the lake because, again, the color of the ice changed just behind where you went down. Yeah. Like. It went from dark to white, black to white almost. Yeah. And I got back on that ice and then I wasn't sinking anymore. Okay, here we go. So then I come around and you were away from your sled yeah, a bit. You come was, in on the right side of me yeah. the first time and then. <clears throat> yeah. So I was coming in thinking in my mind, okay, when I get close to Greg, he's going to have to just jump on and we're freaking pinning, you know, we're, get, we're yeah. pinning it to shore. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get very far onto that dark ice again. And same thing as Greg. I just, it happened so quickly. It wasn't just, ooh, I think I'm sinking. Better pin it. It was just. It was just boom. And I was, my track sunk through. And same thing, my running boards hung up on that candled ice and just pretty much stopped the machine dead. And I kind of half jumped, half catapulted from off the right side of my machine, landed, you know, six or eight feet away and fell right through. So I was, you know, up to here in this rotten ice, scrambling. Was I screaming? I don't know. You, I, when I don't... you hit the ice, you went, ah, oh, because I think you hurt your shoulder. Oh, yeah. Because after you still... said your shoulder was hurting. Oh, but when yeah. you hit the ice, you when you went Probably down. knocked the wind out of me. Really. You went just, ah, oh, and I don't know yeah. if it was the, I was thinking, oh, that's the cold weather hitting your nuts or yep. whatever it is. Yep. like. Sploosh. I don't think I felt cold. No, I don't. <laughs> just panic. Panic. Just get out of this water. You know, so I was clawing my way up 
out of that rotten mess, got up, got on my feet and walked 20 feet and fell through again. <clears throat> sort of walking yeah. towards well, you. Well, and you weren't even really on your feet feet when you fell through the second time. Oh, really? I can't even hardly remember. No, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm here. I'm I'm kind of down. And I, you got on and then kind of scrambled. And then you were kind of just four, four hands down and then busted your feet through again. And yeah. But you were more laid out the second time, okay. a little bit better. Yeah. But it wasn't looking good. <sighs> no, period. it was it was really spooky. Um, and our sleds are, <clears throat> I don't even th- probably about thirty yards apart. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was a little bit forward and Rod was here, and we were maybe thirty yards apart. Yeah. And he punched through right there, and then coming toward me, punched through again. And this is yeah. Oh, another thing I was going to ask you. When I went by that first time, could you feel the wave of the ice? Was it liquid then? Or Can't the say I was paying time? attention to yeah. that. <laughs> you don't have all these details. Um, but I guarantee you, your proximity when you did the loop around the front, um, you're 40 or 50 yards in front of me. I could see the ice moving behind you, but I don't think it actually waved, waved you. So my first, my first go probably fractured the ice enough. It became so unstable because I never made it far into that black ice and I was down yeah second time yeah so then we're both kind of laying there what the effing are we going to do here we're a long ways from shore we're at least a couple hundred yards from shore but now of course my sled has cut a trough cut us off cut us an island yeah we're on an (laughs) island now of ice water with open water cutting us out around us yeah so yeah, I think you asked me, do I have my in-reach? And I said, I think it's on my sled. Yeah. I don't want to go near that sled because, of course, I just fell through and broke through the ice. I can't get near it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just open, shattered ice. It's Yeah, because you said yours was in your gearbox on your sled. And I said, <laughs> yeah. mine's in my gearbox on my sled. I, at that point, because we you asked, what do you have on you? I'm like, I had my binos. I had a lighter. I yeah. had this and that. But we did didn't have in reaches around our neck or any of that kind of stuff with us. Yeah. So tech, we tip, knew in reach on your neck. And that's, that's, yeah. that's the third <laughs> podcast we've done where that came up. Yeah. Keep yeah. Robbie on your neck. Yeah. Robbie's grizzly attack. Both he and Chris both said the in reach must be on your body. Yes. It's no good if it's not on your body. If it's yeah. in your pack, you're screwed. If it's on your sled, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be on you. Yeah. At now, all times. I had a lighter. So we, <clears throat> we both knew that we had a lighter. If we can get to shore in reach or not. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, we're not going to die. Right. No. We really but wanted that in reach. You're wet. Oh, yeah. Oh, and so, we don't know I mean, how much more wet we're going to be by the time we get to shore. Yeah. We had, I laser range find from the shore back to the sled. It was 271 yards. So that's a long time. In a straight line. In a straight line. Yeah, but we couldn't. And we did not go in a straight line. You couldn't. <laughs> no, you couldn't go in a straight line. So, so yeah, Greg went back to Yeah, we did machine. a gear. Well, first I went to yours. I actually went to your skimmer first because I was lighter. I went over to his sled and that ice I get near this because I wanted to get by the skimmer because it floats. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the lid at first. I got close to Rod's sled to the gearbox. No go. Like when I got close, my hands were just punching through like cookie cutters. He could just. Yeah. And the exact shape of your hands. So that Pushed ice through. was just. Like those little pin things. Yeah. That you can put on That's exactly you what it's like. Just, you want to look yeah. what my hand yeah. looks like? It just. Yeah. Pushed right through. And then even when I went there by rods, 
even with all my forearms flat on the ground, legs laid right out real good. The moment you stop kind of moving, the whole thing just started pushing wow. down and the water would come up around your arms. Yeah. So I pedaled out of there and then was like, okay, well, when I got pitched off my sled, I didn't go through. So the ice on the right side of my sled is better than the ice beside rods. And, and this is so 30 yards apart. From the right side of your sled, that's back out to the op- open, to open water. water. That's out to the center of the lake, yes. whereas towards rod and into shore is the rotten stuff. More rotten. Yeah. I want to put it yeah. that way. Yeah. 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 So I followed my original foot tracks back to my sled and then was like, okay. Now, of course, I had a pack on the back of my sled with a bungee cord over it. Two of them, actually, because I made this nice box. And so I had one going one way, one going the other way. I get to my sled and I grab the backpack and then, and I'm leaning on it, trying to get this bungee cord, which is under the water, hooked underneath my seat kind of area. Yep. So, and my knife is in my rain pants, which is in my box. So I can't cut the goddamn line. I have to go under the water because the other ends on the other side of my sled and I yep. don't want to go around. So finally I get into the water and I'm holding the sled and I'm just, and I get the one off and then I had a pack and it had a frame. So it's kind of stable. Yeah. So then at that point, the sled's kind of going down. I pull my pack frame out and use it as a little ladder. And I kind of pushed it against the box because my green tote, which is like 18 by 18 green tote, been on every adventure I've been on boats, whatever, just perfect for everything. Yep. At this point I had an opening I used that pack and I used a little ladder and I just slipped out and I could reach the handle on the backside and I just yanked it. And then I had the box. And the box has all sorts of good stuff in it. So that was a really nice feeling. So I get the box. Okay, step one. (laughs) Still haven't been off the ice. And then that's your little buoyant device too. Yeah, that was my... And uh, so I just used the box like a toboggan and it's 18 by 18 and it has nice handles on it. And if it wasn't under the water completely, you could use it as a little flotation to hold you, to help you get up, whatever it be. Or if one of us went down good handles, you could get close enough to a guy, you might be able to pull him out, but you don't know. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my little box. So I'm just on my knees and I'm sliding this box like a little wagon across ice. And then we kind of get close to each other, but we know we can't get real close to each other because <laughs> double up the weight in one yeah, spot because i mean watching screwed. well watching rod come across watching me come across we're not much difference in size maybe 20 pounds difference right yep he was breaking through parts where i'm not yeah so at this point it's like yeah yeah and there was no okay. sitting still for very long like greg said you you're, you put your hands and your elbows down and you're sinking you're sinking all the time you, you better had be to moving keep, you had to keep moving yeah because you just so, you know, when you're, when you're there and you're looking at that, you're looking at your buddy who's busted through two times, you're getting pretty worried. Yeah. Because this is in like this one little spot within 20 yards of each other. And you got to get 270 And we got to go 270 more yards of this as shit. As the crow flies. Yeah, to yeah. shore. Yeah. So. And you got a trough between you and shore that your machine, that Rod's machine cut through. Yeah, yeah. which. Open water. Open water. Open water, yeah. which again, proved which way not to go, which was a helpful scenario, right? I mean. Otherwise you'd take the quickest path to shore. At this point, we're not like, we're concerned, but we're not 
panicking and going crazy and all this. But one thing I did that you didn't do, first thing I did when I hit the ice and it was shitty, I untied my boots. Because I don't know if anybody's ever tried to swim in boots. Boots will pull you down. They fill with water. I had them things untied and hanging off my feet. Like, I don't even remember how long it took, but double knotted boots come off like poof. And I I, had big ass rubber boots on. I need tools to get them off. (laughs) They weren't coming off. And I mean, I just... side cutters out. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, from all the times, guys, you know, I've fallen in the water working on the ocean and stuff like that. And you're wearing your gum boots and stuff. And holy, is it a struggle to get in good water. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was one thing I, I remember as I'm dragging my boots across, my laces are out and I'm just, I'd rather get to shore without boots than not. So yeah, we shimmied towards shore. With the new box in tow. Yeah. And it was going okay. Then we hit, got close to the old track, my track going back and yeah, open water. Open water. So we followed that back down the lake till we hit this white ice. Yeah, it was just a significant spot. You could just see open water, open water where he cut through and then it bridged up yep. and then he cut through again. Yeah, And we had like half the length of this countertop where there was like this path where he'd bounced up and bounced down. Yeah, yep. And it was like, we're there's, crossing here. There's our path. Yep. Yeah. And the yeah, we just kind of followed <clears throat> this jagged edge of whitish ice. And I mean, when we got to shore, of course, we took a photo or two and you could especially from a ways away, you could see it. And if I would have been probably on step a little faster than I was going, if I would have went to where you turned around, no, no dice. You would have went through either yeah, way. The ice would have, it was worse In, closer down the lake. No, you okay. got closer to that bay where another, I was heading another hundred yards. And we, it could be a different oh, story. I would have never been, you would have probably made it. Cause I would have probably been already under the ice. You know, that yeah, would have been... And I might have pinned it to shore and you might have made it. Yeah. You know, because that's... Before you got to the black ice. Yeah, that's would have been, been your option. Because yeah. you ain't going to pull anybody out of that shit. Not a chance. You're going to watch your buddy... Yeah. Ploosh. Yeah. And that candled ice, I mean, it's <clears> like... <throat> it's heavy. And you can't move it. Yeah. When you grab it, it just folds like this. <clears throat> and the hole fills up with the next More wave. candled ice. Yeah. yeah. Like, we had shovels and stuff, like, after. Just... <sighs> You couldn't clean out a hole to see we've, into water. We've got a little video we can post of that trying to dig out a machine when we got to, to shore. Sure, yeah. And what it was like just trying to dig out that ice. Oh, man. yeah. It was And it was horrible. It's, it's a losing battle. So if you and don't I mean, have tools you, and you're trying to just save your own life, just oh, swim through it. Oh, God. Nope. You're going down. It's like you quicksand. Need a, need a freaking propeller. Yeah. So we get to shore. <laughs> we kind of high five. I don't think we hugged, but we were pretty fucking happy. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, stress level just goes from yeah. pure 10. We looked to, back at the machines hey. and thought, well, I don't really care if I ever see those things again. At that point, we're alive. We're going to make it. We know we're not dying. Yeah. No. We're wet, but it's warm out. Eh? It's, yeah, it was decently warm yeah. out. And I'm not concerned about that. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah. people panic about the hypothermia and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I can walk for 30 hours straight. We're all fat enough. We can walk yeah. for 30 yeah. hours. You know, you're not going to die. And but, at this point, you're still, what was it, 22K from the boat mm, launch? 27. Yeah. 
let's say 20 to 30 kilometers yeah, from the boat launch. Closer for sure. to 30 kilometers to from the, from the, the truck. Launch. And yeah. there's no real road access there. So there's when no you roads. think about hiking out, you're hiking all the way back to the boat launch if you had to. If yeah. you didn't have in reaches, if you didn't have... Oh, we would have we would have stayed in place, but yeah. the only yeah, problem with that too coming. Yeah, there would have somebody would have come looking the next one of your wives or honey. Yeah. yeah, but the only problem with that is our biggest fear is someone comes up on a sled looking for us. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. And I was worried because we got buddies with planes. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't know the difference. Well, I guess they would maybe if they come and flew over and looked at our sleds hanging there. Yeah, that you know because if a plane landed, they'd have been down. Yeah, any sled to come rescue, they'd have sunk. So the inrich was really good in that we could communicate how not terrible, yeah, do not do not come out with anything but a helicopter. Yeah. Um, or an airboat. Or an airboat. <laughs> Later, when yeah. we learned about We'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we went to a, a spot on the beach. We walked about a half a mile, maybe, I yeah. don't know, and uh, to a spot where a helicopter could land. It was fairly flat. Found ourselves a little nest in the rocks and uh, sort of stripped down. Got some clothes hanging up on. Yeah, had a big flat poles. rock and yeah. a pole. Lit got, a smoke uh, and fire. After a bunch of in-reach communication, um, we didn't know if we'd be spending the night or not. So we thought, well, we better get some firewood, lots of it. Who's, who's going to be the big spoon? Who's going to be the little yeah. spoon? Yeah. <laughs> well, so. in, my, in my box, we, you know, I actually had gear, like real gear. Yep. I have a tarp. Yeah. I have a jet boil. I had snacks. snacks. I yeah. had a pair of dry boots. My boots. Ron's boots. <laughs> Convenient. You know, you know, stuff that you can't pack on your person. Yeah. But it's always with you. Doesn't matter if we're just going for a day so drive. Just in case. That green toad always has tons of that stuff in it because yep. it doesn't matter if your truck breaks down or this. It's the same scenario. Yeah. Bad, bad weather, whatever, you get stuck. There's two days worth of well, there's not two days worth of snacks, but I mean, we had uh, boiled up some hot water. Poof, you know, warms your guts up. Had a tuna snack for dinner. Pretty, pretty. I'm kind ritzy. of upset you didn't have any tea in there. I know. I was actually kind of. I drink enough tea. You think I'd actually pack some? Throw a few tea bags in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we spent three hours gathering firewood. I was kind of hurting. My wrecked my shoulder a bit scrambling there, but uh, it was fine. Yeah. But, so uh, big pile. 5.30, just to rewind the clock, so 5.30. P.M.? This is yeah. Friday evening, 5.30, I get a call from your wife, Greg, from your wife. Yeah. And she's out running, and <laughs> I, I just get this frantic call. Greg and Rod went through the ice. I'm an hour from home running. Can you make some calls, please? <laughs> so you don't know. Passing the buck. Went through eh? the ice. What the hell that means, eh? Yeah. It's just, oh, and, and she did say, they said, send a chopper. Um, and I say, okay, well, I'll message Greg back and figure out what needs to be done. So she gives me the number to your in reach. Ah. I text you a message. Five minutes later, I get a message back saying, you cannot text an in reach that has not first sent you a message. So I couldn't even send you a message. So then I have to call Carmen back and I wait for her to pick up. And I'm like, ah, oh, because I'm thinking end of the, like, this, this is bad. And wow. I need to get on this ASAP. These guys don't form for helicopters. No. For all, anything. And, and so this, when I call her back and I say, I'm not getting through, she's like, well, it's okay. Because Tam is on the phone. Rod, your wife, is on the phone with the RCMP lining things up to try and get search and rescue out to find you guys. And so uh, I say, so is there anything we can do? She says, nope. We're on it. Our search and rescue's on it. The RCMP are on it. 
and uh, we'll keep you updated. So there were, I think Tam then set, set up a group chat for kind of the whole family to send us little messages to let us know what's going on and, and stuff. And so, well, pack up at the store, it's the end of the day, and, and uh, I guess we'll just wait. So waiting for the call that the choppers picked you guys up, well, 9.30 rolls around, get it, get a text from Tam, and they're uh, going to pick you guys up in the morning. And at this point, I'm like, well, had we known at 6, we would have reached out to Bailey Helicopter. We would have reached out to whoever, just here's a 1200 bucks, whatever it is, to fly from Fort St. John to pick you up, yeah. get you guys back. But the whole line of communication for search and rescue, and then they want to do their thing and assess the situation. And yeah. So then, then we're kind of upset and texting the whole group well they're going to be there overnight and well are they okay do they have food are they warm are they dry and the messages that just went back and forth amongst the whole family uh looking in on you guys so then it was a pretty somber silent evening i'm washing dishes at 11 o'clock at night (laughs) and and that's when i get the phone call from john stewart who's great friend of all of ours guy that i went sheep hunting with and and he calls and says aaron what are you doing tomorrow i said I'm guessing we're going on a rescue mission. <laughs> he says, yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'm scheduled to work, so i got to find someone to work for me. So, mom, mom, can you work for me? Yes, get out there, do what you got to do. And uh, so John says, I've lined up some boats, a couple of air boats, and we're heading out at 4.30 in the morning, and we're going to go out and get these guys. Okay, pick me up. And, I, and so at that point, well, okay, well, now we've got a, a plan of action. I'll Throw, throw it back over to you guys to then yeah. jump in. Well, yeah, during this whole thing, like, I mean, I honestly figured we had lots of time for, you know, to organize a helicopter because well, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I got a text at 5, or Carmen it's, called me at 5.30. It's April. It's, it's early. It's we light got, out. It's light out it's for 18 a long degrees. Time. Yeah. So, and so long story short. So we're texting back and forth with Tam, of course, and she's now playing the phone tag game for us, right? We're yeah. not directly in contact. We didn't hit the SOS rescue button because we're not in, we got rid of our dire needs. Yeah. We're now on shore. We're just yeah. uncomfortable camping, yeah. right? Whatever. We've all been there lots of times, but there's no real way other than a chopper to get to where we're at. And from, from what I've isolated. heard, it's better if you can do a direct line instead of going the SOS, SOS route through your in-reach. Because from what I've heard is it goes to a call center. The call center goes to this place. That This place goes to search. Just adds four like, it, more it, people there's to a it. Whole, yeah, yeah. There's quite a chain of command that they have to go through before you actually get help. Yeah. Fair enough. And like we know, most helicopters don't fly at night or whatever. Yep. So, I mean, okay, we have a five-hour window. Yeah, we need rescue. We're not dead. But send a helicopter. I mean, they're 25 minutes away. Yeah. Right? If that. Um so we started texting Tam, of course, back and forth. And then we get a message that the search and rescue guys were sending out their ice guys. To assess the ice. To assess the ice. <laughs> and at, when we heard that, both of like, I was pretty hot, <laughs> like to say the least. I don't get fired up about much, but I'm like, call search and rescue and cancel the request period do not send someone out on the ice to come save us when we know that this ice is a death trap yeah like get that message out like i don't care if i'm here for two days yeah i think the message was don't send anyone anyone because they will die and if they don't die and they happen to make it here we're not getting on with them yeah because we'll all die yeah it's a really really 
terrible idea. It's yeah. not sleddable, period. There was nine kilometers, that whole shoreline that was as thick as this glass. Like yeah. it blew up. Yeah. It was impassable. It was impassable by a small freaking woodland creature, let alone a snow <laughs> machine, right? But I guess they have to do their due diligence and assess the damage or assess the risk, the risk factor for themselves, not let a patient or a, a victim, or a, right. a rescued person make It could be in a stressful them. situation, yeah. just over-exaggerating the whole yeah. scenario. Now, so, being who we are and what we've done and everything, I like to say, I, I don't blow smoke, right? Neither yeah. would you. I'm not panicking. Yeah. I'm just no. telling them how it is. No, do not send that. And no, we're not going to get on the back of a sled. We just dodge death. We don't need to rein, reinvest ourselves in that yeah. lake ice. No. no. But they did send out a team. They went like 11 kilometers up the lake. They experienced waving action and got the heck off the lake. I didn't hear that. I didn't know that they had gone oh, 11K. Yeah. They, they came. Oh, yeah. They were sleds were side-by-slides. Sled. Yeah. They were first going to take a side-by-slide with sled, with tracks. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> someone at least pumped the brakes on that. Yeah. But again, communication from RCMP to search and rescue and this message getting to them. Basically, the 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 dire message of do not go on the ice because it might be good right there at Dunleavy. Yep. But it gets bad. Yeah. Not far away. So they did their thing. Of course, they pulled out thankfully just before dark. But if they would have went down, it would have been a double rescue mission, and those guys probably wouldn't have got picked up because they hit the lights and, late. And the problem with that lake too, there's so many areas where if you, we're fortunate in that where we sunk. We could get to shore. Yeah, there's places along that lake with cliffs. You can't, you can't yeah. scale these cliffs. No, nope. oh, and some of them are sand cliffs. Gear. But yeah, you, yeah, you can't even you move. go 150 yards back the way you came, and it's all those cliffs that the sand blows off at yeah. all times. You're yeah. not crawling that. Yeah, you could no. be in serious trouble out there, not yeah. able to get off the ice. Like, yeah, it would be. If you're still head balked on that mission, you would be done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thankfully, they turned around, peeled out fine and dandy we uh said yeah. a chopper will be out in the morning we didn't know that but that's just okay. how we assume what it, yeah. see yeah. in the morning so we got everything dried out had a fire going sort of snuggle under this freaking tarp yeah you know pretty nice thought we tarp. saw ufos we'll talk about that some other day but, uh, <laughs> no we need to get into that today <laughs> ufos yep we need to get into yep. that so we saw well i was kind of sitting yeah. around and rod's like are you seeing this and i'm like what what are we seeing? And then he's just so like, my he's, God, there's, look. there's satellites coming one after another. I think I counted 21 coming from sort of South northbound. And then before but not knowing their finished, satellites, yet. not knowing what they are. And then all of a sudden they start coming from the West towards the East. I think I counted like 40 of them going that direction intersecting. And I just had no idea about Elon Musk's, What's it St- called? Starlink. 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 Starlink satellite system. We thought, oh my God, we're seeing UFOs in yeah. real time. Just, it looked like organized flights. Just boom, boom. Yeah. And just one after the other. And we're just like, and then three would be visible and then they'd disappear. And then another three, you know, one after. It was, it went on a long time. And yeah. then of course I'm trying to, my phone, which is, my inReach has a busted screen. So the only way I can text out is on my phone. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, oh, should I be burning up my 12% battery on filming <laughs> UFOs? But I'm like, yep. yep. So I get that out. And literally at that point, it all goes quiet. 
Yeah, they went away. They went away. So they, I'm like, the they aliens knew. knew. They knew. <laughs> I was trying to film it. <laughs> you know, through my binos and stuff and all that jazz, trying to get this thing on film. You know, but... the next morning, that was almost more exciting to me than the rescue. <laughs> yeah. We just saw UFOs, dude. It and not awesome. one. Like, like 40 like of them. 50 or 60 of them. Yeah. That's crazy. But <laughs> thanks, Elon Musk. Or that's what the up. government tells you. Yeah, yeah. government yeah. shady. That's just satellites. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> if you look back in history and talk to people that have worked out at the dam, there's stories of UFOs over the dam. My uncle, yeah, he said he saw many of them. He took a shot at one one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but uh, he claimed he did. Look for downed small passenger planes <laughs> in the area, but yeah, yeah. it was Uncle Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Too so there's yeah, there's lots of stories like that. So so you could understand why if they're checking out our our great accomplishments of yeah hydro dams. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, next morning, uh, I don't know what time was it seven six thirty forty five quarter yeah. seven somewhere right in there. We heard the chopper coming. That was a nice sound. Pretty chilly long night. Um. Anyway, they landed in there. We knew one of the guys. Yep. Good customer from Coraline's here. Good, solid dude. We were really happy to see him, and he was happy to see us because he said the last ice rescue mission he was on, he pulled out a corpse, so that wasn't much fun for him. Recovery, not a rescue. Recovery, yeah. yeah. So it was all good. Everyone was very happy to see each other. and Yeah, very good spirits. Yeah. So, yeah, what is maybe a 10-minute flight out oh, of there? Oh, God, yeah, it was just... little orientation sign here. <laughs> 10 minute flight we're back in the truck oh yeah life's pretty good Ron actually they had his key <laughs> in yeah. his pocket and it never got wet yeah it yeah. stayed right here and did they offer to take you to the hospital or back to your truck so yeah. wherever was we want to go so said mexico yeah yeah <laughs> they, a hot they, beach would be nicer they to go uh basically we uh you know we and them assessed us we were not in medical need right, right? yeah we yeah, and he came and make sure made sure my truck would start, so he didn't leave us there unattended. Yep. So they were awesome. They were excellent. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, you know just how it's and just so how it's supposed to be. Pros, right? Is that stars or is that search and rescue? Search and rescue. It just was Bailey search and rescue, and they contracted Bailey for the okay. helicopter. Yeah, it was right? a Bailey. Yeah, Bailey's yeah. helicopter. Yeah, the pilot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. He's like, oh, that. Yeah. yeah. The guy that we know there, he's like, yeah, they're okay, guys. You know, they built me a couple guns, so we'll give them a ride out. <laughs> he said, yeah, all that stuff I was saying about them earlier, never mind that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually good guys. <laughs> Those idiots, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they were cursing us. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. kind of fool goes out on the ice in this? Yeah, what kind of idiots are out there? <laughs> yeah. Most people. Yeah. yeah. Not the only people. Anyway, you know. yeah, so as we were ahead, our plan then was to get to cell service, get back to had some hope, get some coffee and maybe some food in our gullets and start making the next plan, which we weren't sure what to do. And we bumped into Aaron and John coming down the road with these <laughs> airboats with yeah. airboats. Didn't even make it 10 minutes from the launch. Didn't yeah. get any cell service yet. So yeah. shot a one quick in-reach message out. Yeah. So Aaron's they here. They're throwing And we're us heading back out. Thermoses of coffee and fresh Bags sandwiches and yeah. bagels. And are you guys ready to go? And we're like, well, Looks like it. Well, yeah, I remember asking, John asked, do you guys want to come with us? We're going to go do a recovery mission of the equipment, your your machines. Do you guys want to go or are you heading home? And there was like a 
hell yeah, we're coming. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean go home? Yeah, <laughs> what is this go what? home? Yeah. So we spun around and, and there's two guys who don't really want to be to be mentioned in this who are the unsung heroes here that own the two airboats. Yeah. That uh were both. Guys that none home. of us have ever met. Never yeah. met them once in our lives, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just a couple of cool guys that have yeah. equipment. Have been customers in here, but I wasn't we weren't aware of who they were. Yeah. Yes. And uh, John called a person who said, yeah, I know some guys with some airboats. Called them. The one guy said, I'm in. The other guy said, I'll see if I can make this work. And uh, damn good guys that met us in Fort St. John at, yeah. uh, so at planet, 5 in the morning. Planet 9.30 p.m. Yeah. to 11 p.m. Yeah. Ready to go by 4.30 in the and morning. And the one guy had to figure out how he's getting insurance on the trailer to get the boat out and, and stuff. And he, he made it happen. And, and so... We yeah, with these solid two dudes rescuing strangers. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, good guys. Yeah, but like they said, what else do you do? Yeah, you know, this is stuff. Help. This yeah. is stuff that we do as a hobby. Yeah, and like anything, you're not going to leave your buddy sinking in a boat in the ocean. No, you. Someone needs help. You've got the equipment oh. to help them, and, and that's what they said at the end of at the end of the trip. I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but the one thing that really stuck out was one day. When I need help, I hope there'll be someone that'll be there to, to help me. And that's why I do this. Yeah. And there should be a list of 100 people at all <laughs> times. Yeah. Don't ever burn a bridge. Yeah. Because yeah. people remember Yeah, that. they wouldn't accept a nickel for fuel. Nope. They would They would. They, they would were not almost, take payment. They were almost insulted. Like, they just were happy yeah. to help. Yeah. And they're we like, McCorlane's, can we give you, like, a Corlane's gift card or something like that? And they were insulted. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not why we do this. No. Yeah. And they're like, well... What's better, to go to work or do this? Yeah, we oh, could yeah, have been at work were, today. Could have been at work today. It was a hell of a good day, really. Cool. Right well, on. so rewind the clock back to 11 o'clock at night when John called me and said, you want to do this airboat mission? Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be phenomenal. But of course, I had to tell my wife, honey, we're going out to rescue people. It's not about fun. It's about saving people's lives. And I'm like, airboats. And so I'm thinking it's going to be like you see on the swamp people, this open concept airboat. So I've got helmets and goggles and everything ready to be open concept. Yeah. Loud. Because John's like, I don't know what these boats are all about, but they're fully enclosed, phenomenal, warm. They've got the heater going. They're oh, great. Yeah. But we get a, I get a message from Tam saying, Search and rescue advises against using airboats on the lake. It, it is dangerous. They advise against it. Again, I didn't tell my wife that text came through. <laughs> she wouldn't have wanted me to go if that was the case. And I'm like, I know we got to go up there and make this happen. Yeah. You only so got a short window. We get into the boats and uh, the guy that we're with, he opens a couple zippers, pulls out a knife, like a filleting knife and sets it on the dash of the boat. It's bright orange. And we've got our headsets on at this point. You didn't have one on at the time. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he advises me, that knife is to cut open the roof if there if things go sideways and we go down. And he says, nice to see we've all got life jackets on, but they're just going to be for the recovery mission of our bodies if things go south. So I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, I'm going to... So, okay, the knife's there. It's within reach. I'll have to... If we hit something... I and I know nothing it. about this. <laughs> I don't cut know open, what to do. Cut open to get, let the three of us get out to die freezing to death in the water. So <laughs> There's no way to shore. No. We're now out in the middle of the lake cruising along. 
And and so I'm just I'm freaking out, holding on to anything I can, thinking, oh, the boat did this, the boat did that, the boat wiggled because I'm freaking out. Till we got out. airborne, <laughs> and then and then yeah, we're cruising at 60k roughly, yeah. and hit one of those cracks, and I smoked my head off the crossbar because I'm just sitting in a little stool in the middle of the boat, and came smashing down, and everyone laughed, and so then latch on to anything you can hold on to for the rest of the ride. So we airboat out what? The 20 some, 20, 30 K. Yeah, it to was where an airboat. I think we were about 45 minutes to get there. Yeah. Breaking through the whole time. Yeah. The oh. boats would break through yeah, and come ice would break through. We were leaving a wake. Yeah. 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 Basically. An ice wake. And us. even when, if you're really cooking on it, your boat, because you were in front of us a ways and we didn't get real close to you. So if you got in trouble, we wouldn't, we could maybe help you. Yeah. No, both go careening into a hole and get stuck. Yeah. Kept some distance. Yeah. It's also where they like to run two boats together. If one has problems, you've got a second yeah. one to help yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Yeah. And any search and rescue that deals with water, ice issues, airboat's the ticket. Oh, yeah. Helicopter's good, but yeah. airboats. Airboat, you can it's stop. The answer. You can yeah. stop and bob around and dink. Helicopters. Yeah. Great can... to go in, extract, out. You're not landing yeah. a helicopter out on that ice. No. And the airboat, yeah. it's like, should we get off the ice? Well, let's go park on shore. Oh, let's go park in the bush. You know, yeah. like wreck. You they go, go anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. With yeah, they're 800 awesome. horsepower helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 775 in the one and 550 in the other. Yeah. Top speed of like 120 kilometers an hour or something crazy. Oh, ridiculous. It'd be awesome. So have we learned anything? I guess it is that we need to get an airboat. Let's get an airboat. <laughs> <laughs> First yeah. it was the riverboat. Next up an airboat. No. Yeah. You gotta so, have one of each. So we get out, get on shore, unload the boats, and send one boat out. Yeah. Because when we got there, your machines were still running. You didn't tell about oh, your machine. Yeah. Well, mine, because when I pitched off my machine, I, well, long story short, I didn't have the cojones to get up on my knees to hit the kill switch after I got my toe off. And neither of you have tethers, right? They're not mountain machines. You're not. No. They're not yeah. designed to be rolling in the mountains and pull a no. tether. I just fortunately hit mine with my hip on the way over. I think <laughs> when I your did. body smashed into the handlebars. Yeah, I was kind of flying off. Hit the kill switch. So mine yeah. shut off immediately. Mine, not so much. Yours idled till four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was kind of one of those things. The headlights shining up in the sky and you could hear it. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. when the wind would change you'd hear it gurgling <laughs> and then at about 4 30 light went out and it was like sink or swim you know like <laughs> did it go down 50, or did it just 50. run out of fuel yeah so and in the we morning had a bet on how long it would run i think i think you won that bet it was oh it was close like a oh yeah toonie yeah it might have <laughs> didn't have much to bet with but it it went yeah because it went yeah. Almost 10 hours idling. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. take the airboats out, hook on some buoys. Got some, yeah, got some scotch buoys and gear. <laughs> and then, yeah, because mine stayed up. We got the boat to it, buoyed it off. Yeah. And then it's, then it, you know, broke through the ice because we disturbed the ice. And then when we got close to rods, the moment we got 20 yards away from it, the ice just moving from the boat. Rods goes down. I've got that on film, but it's from a long ways away because I'm back on shore filming that. But you can watch as the boat comes up, the machine's just slowly sinking as the boat comes up to it. Yeah. And Boy, then, it was spooky. 
but it's all yeah it was all held up by my skimmer yeah rod has it a big awesome. tub skimmer yeah and it just was well the creepy part we're like i hope the hitch pin's locked because <laughs> it just went down and it was hanging straight up and down off that hitch pin yeah. yeah and then we've got a little bit of footage we can throw on the video on youtube of uh dragging the dragging the skimmer back to shore and the skimmer's just getting chewed up and spun around and just praying that the machine's still attached because you yeah. have no idea well we had got uh because well, in the, the first, skimmer the we got out this time. harpoony looking thing we had for yeah. i don't know when and john speared something of rod sled and we got the <laughs> we got it up a bit yeah and then we got I, a rope around the bumper yeah well, i took yeah. my lake fishing jig yeah like my big spoon yeah and i could we dug out the ice through that candled bullshit because yep. you can't see through it dug it out to see then you could see his bumper and i used my fishing rod and i dropped the lure down and went around the bumper like it was so sweet because like, <laughs> when the hook falls it falls like this yep. and i literally just shoop and the hook sat on the mud flap like this yep and then i took the eyelid of my rod went down and hooked the hook pulled it up tied <laughs> the rope to the hook back through now we have a rope around rod sled as attached to the boat fished out a 600 pounder yeah <laughs> first try so now we had backup to it yep. but the skimmer was floating and we're dragging it through the ice and it's just it's just yeah. a garage sailing around yeah. but the snow machine's just underneath the water getting towed by the boat yeah got her up on shore rescued your spotting scope that was just lightly bungee cord to the seat <laughs> yeah your binos in the unzipped freaking oh, yeah another tech tip buy good optics uh swarovski has already replaced sorry repaired my drowned spotting scope and it's crisp and clean like brand new yep my binoculars i'm just waiting on them but yeah no questions asked no charge full warranty awesome sunk spotting scope half full of water no questions awesome yeah, spend the you, money on your optics get what you pay for yep yeah and it was a little bit of looked like there could be a goldfish living in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it really was only in the water for an, an hour. hour yeah you know yeah fully submerged yeah they're yeah. not they're That's not waterproof quite a bit of pressure yeah because that thing was 10 feet down at one point yeah quite so yeah but quite a deal when you're looking at a rope and you're like because you can't see through that ice even if it's all broke up, you could not see one inch under that ice. Hmm. It was so weird that way. Yeah. You're just looking at this tight rope and you pull on it. And you're like, I think it's still there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. And then getting it onto shore was a bit of a task. It was a task because there was a shelf of ice still attached to shore that the machine wanted to jam under as you're pulling into shore. So had to have guys in the boat lifting while we pulled on shore and lift and pull. And it was all we could do for what? Five of us. Yeah. That were there. Someone forgot the winch. <laughs> <laughs> it was back at the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Oops. we wanted to leave that one. Well, it was too heavy to throw in the boat. So yeah. we wanted to leave the sleds, leave them on shore and hopefully get back there before anyone else borrows them, picks them up. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so yeah, jet boat mission. Well, I think the ice went out, uh, Two weeks later, yeah, roughly the ice went out and we boated up or and third, yeah, put it up on planks on a jet on boat a dog box and drag it home. Had a good day. Did some yeah. trolling off the back of a yeah. snow machine. Got some you good know? pictures on doing that. <laughs> Beautiful day on the lake. So 
to rewind back to after we're all back in the truck, we're driving home. What was it like getting home? Oh, a little different. Oh, really good. I got in shit the moment I got home. <laughs> of all things, I I get in shit because I didn't text enough from my inreach. Not anything else. Yeah. The fact that I didn't keep like a play-by-play list of what's going on. I'm like, I managed to survive this. I did organize a text. I only have 10% of my battery life left. I'm sorry I didn't have a play-by-play Instagram because I'm not... I, You're not the tech guy. Period. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to know what I'm doing, you better be standing next to me because that's it. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I get in crap. And I was like, I don't think that's the focus here. <laughs> but I laughed. Anyway. But no, it was weird. It was really hard to like, you know, yeah, it's different talking to your friends or whatever. But you, when you're talking to your honey and your kids come rolling in and they want to hear about what's going on, you're like, yeah, I kind of like you guys. It's a nice feeling to be home. Yeah. Because it's totally yeah. different when you're talking to your honey. Through the whole that. experience, like, it was oof. it was not really a problem until like Sunday night when I actually had supper with my wife and I told her what was happening. And it was. That's when the reality hit. That it could have been the end. Oh, that's. uh, No, that is pretty much the hundred percent. You're goner if you go through it. Right. And we know that. Yeah. And it ain't. uh, (laughs) It's nothing to flirt with. That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's weird. And especially when you're with your buddies too. Yeah. Like. What do you got? You got, you might live, you might die. You know? Yeah. Spooky business. Rod, you mentioned uh, at some point in our travel back or on our, in our, on that day, you mentioned that you've been through four or five or six life um, near death experiences. Oh yeah, for sure. And how did this rank <laughs> amongst them? Uh, the worst. Yeah. Because it took so long, you know, there was so, uh, it, it took so long. Like I've been in a really bad uh, accident with my truck, a horse accident. Um, most the time we just about drowned you. What's that? <laughs> the Drowning. time we just about drowned you. Yeah. I Going over the falls and then rafts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just about drowned in a raft, but it's generally over in seconds. You know, the whole ordeal. You've got terror for For this just long. a short period of time. This took a long time. When we were out on that ice looking back ashore, it was horrifying. You know, we just did not know if we were going to make it. And it's still, you know, it still haunts me. Yeah. I still wake up at night. You know, it's it's spooky. The PTSD is there. It's real. Yeah. And it's, you know, different. Uh, yeah. And, and, and you, different things you do, you're like, you think about it different. You know, you just, especially, especially close after. I mean, you're like, hmm. Yeah, if I go boating, what am I bringing different? You know, yeah. a lot of different processes go through. I mean, like most things, certain things dull over time. But when you remember you, along, you remember those things. And you guys have had experiences on that lake where there were near. Oh. When when you had Libby on behind you. Yeah, well, and same thing. Cruising around. Sort of situa- it's not like it was the first experience with this sort of no. incident. No. No. And I... That's, but it's one of those ones where, yeah, you, yeah, uh, 
just a testament to how things change so rapidly. Because even the day that we were out with Lib, and it was quads, and there was people quad around, there was three or four parties out there. But same thing, end of the day coming back, parts of the ice just turned yeah. to weird, like. And for I anyone would, that doesn't know, Libby is Rod's teenage daughter. Was teenage yeah. daughter in her early twenties. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was out with you. Yeah, yeah I think that you know, spring ice. I just will never go on it again. I just <laughs> never again. It's yeah. it's yeah, it can be stable in one spot, and it's a death trap at another, or you know, stable that morning and death trap that evening, which is in, what happened to us. Yeah. yeah. It is not to be trusted. Not were you, spring ice is not to be trusted. Were you in that bay on the way out? Yeah. Yes. So that was solid ice solid on the way ice on the trip that out. Morning. Yeah. And by the afternoon. Yeah, we death. stopped. We were walking around. It was it was just fine. Yeah. Just that one afternoon of hot, intense sunshine. That water just pushed through it, yeah. connected those pillars. It does not take long. No. Yeah. And that lake moves a lot too, right? Like the wind and all yeah. the movement of the ice, you know, yeah. it's always active and it's so alive compared to a puddle. So what would you do? What would you do different or what would your recommendations be for anyone else to save their lives? Anyone yeah. that's listening to this? Man. I guess if you're on any ice, if it's warm out and the ice looks, and again, this candle, then we'll, sh I think you'll show pictures yep. of it. Yep stay off just get off it yeah it's not worth screwing around with you know it's yeah crossing a, a small fraction of it to get to the other side yeah sure one thing because you can just be boom and all gone yeah but when you're traveling 50 kilometers you can't stop every kilometer and check all that stuff yeah so i mean good bad good bad yeah and it's even again i've, I've gone over lots of places over open water with solid oh. ice and you want to cross a river and you go Sometimes it's this deep. There was one that was way deeper than that. But open water is different too because this candled ice, I stopped like that. And what happens, you break through and your running boards catch that ice and stop you dead. It's not like you can pin it to get you out of there. You can't get out of it. Yeah. It's, it's not too fast. normal. When I hit, it was like hitting a wall. I just, yeah. and yeah. same thing as you. I just, boom, and I, boom. Yeah. off the thing and doop, doop, so maybe up. if you had a like a 250 horse machine or something maybe you could stay on top of it i guess probably if probably you were could. going fast enough then yeah well if, if you're standing yeah. on the throttle sure yeah but, but no. what happens when you can't be on the throttle mm -hmm. huh. no just stay off it yeah but yeah. for those out on the ice what did you learn from this experience so say you're out on what you think is safe ice but there could be Worst case scenario out there, what probably, would you have done different? Probably just floater coat. Just yeah. just wear a floater coat instead of a normal coat. Yep. Uh, that would at least you give you upper body mobility. Yep. yep. I don't. That would help. And you could. Spikes. They say you hang, you know, like the kids gloves that hang off strings. Yep. That you have spikes that you could. You dig could into the dig ice. Dig into. Yeah. They wouldn't have helped us though without ice. It was ice. too rotten. <laughs> too rotten. But with solid ice spikes, you can, you know, dig in and claw like your way out. And just in reach on your body. Yeah. In reach on but your have neck. Have a pocket. In that scenario, the, our only hope if we, you know, thinking about it or whatever, literally was to potentially unpin a sled and get a skimmer, like lay in the skimmer. But I mean, yeah. what, like. But you couldn't. You couldn't, you couldn't get, get to near it. it. Yeah, yeah. It you know, it floated. It would probably float. I don't know if it float. Well, I'd probably float both of us. But how could do you, you get in a skimmer? Could you have swam out of that rotten ice in a floater coat? I guess you might have. 
in a it, true floater coach? Because your front upper half, your legs wouldn't go down as bad. You'd be up. Yeah, so you your core temp would stay okay. Yeah. You could do better. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know. I I don't think I'd want to try 300 yards of swimming in that. It probably helped. Yeah, I guess if you had to go on that ice, stay bloody close to shore and have a floater coat and spikes. And yeah. And the worst part about that lake is you don't usually want to be next to shore because it's all shitted out all year long. Yeah, it's rotten. Because mm, yeah. the lake level changes. It's yeah. always fractured and broken near shore. Yeah. There's tons of holes in it. I think so, just so. stay off that ice. <laughs> just yeah. don't go on <laughs> that way. ice. Yeah. That time of year, it's just not... When the weather Safe. starts to change, you're done. Stay off. Just yeah. or stay if home. You're, if you're yeah. on it, rally. And then rally to a point. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And then rally to the next one. I don't know. But it's not worth it. Not it's so not worth much. it. No. Or nothing, nothing on that lake's worth dying for. Have, no. Have a no. Have a freaking boat behind you. <laughs> Tow a dinghy. <laughs> yeah. Take an airboat. Yeah, take an take airboat. An airboat. <laughs> Pretty well guaranteed. Airboat or 250 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a flotation suit. Yeah. Like one of those air rafts. So there you go. That's the story from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So you always hear little bits of these stories, but they're so different hearing it right from the experience and the different things that each of you will remember. It was great to have you both in to tell it at the same time. Yeah. Kind of spooky even talking about it still. <laughs> <laughs> Someday that'll go away, I'm sure, but not yet. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this story and uh and yeah hopefully it's the last experience like that that we have to talk about yeah <laughs> yeah not a not yeah. adventure to be relived excellent well if you have a similar story or or any other life death to, or death defying story <laughs> you'd like to come in and tell uh reach out to us here at corlane 7822111 you can email me aaron at corlanes.com let's get you in for a podcast and uh get out there and hunt hard uh this episode was brought to you all of you by Ballistics Custom Turrets, and thanks for signing in.